Howdy folks, welcome to the Raymond Rabbit, a Usagi Ojimbo's fan podcast. I'm your host, Ed Moore. Keep in mind there will be spoilers, particularly today, talking about issue 12 of the current volume, the Color IDW volume, cover dated August 2020. The story is The Return Part 2. Now, if you want to get in touch, you can tweet me at Teal, T-E-A-L Productions. I post the episodes on the Usagi Ojimbo Fan and the Usagi Ojimbo Dojo Facebook pages. BigTimeNoise.com slash RonanRabbit is the website. And UsagiPodcast at gmail.com is the email address. Now let me start with the cover here. Uh, we have an image of Usagi and Kenichi fighting, uh, sword fighting, and the upper third of the cover is a hatched out shadowy kind of drawing of Mariko, eyes closed, head kind of downturned, I guess as a reflection of her feelings on the fact that Usagi and Kenichi are fighting. Now, uh, for those of you that are longer in the tooth as far as Usagi, you understand the significance of this. Uh, for those of you that may be newer to Usagi, um, just, uh, let's, let's say that Usagi and Kenichi, well, not let's say, Usagi and Kenichi are very old friends. They grew up together. Uh, Mariko has loved both of them. Mariko is with one of them, Kenichi. Formerly, she was eh, kind of with Usagi, but for reasons chose Kenichi. Um, so the fact that they are sword fighting is one thing, uh, which would never happen in my estimation. Uh, but the other thing is, you know, Mariko is upset that the two men that she loves, uh, two men that she has ever loved, are, are fighting. Now, this cover image really has nothing to do with the story, which is mildly disappointing for me. Um, I know that the trend nowadays is for the cover to grab people's attention. But I am always and have always been a fan of the cover giving you something about the story inside. Now, uh, it does in the fact that all three of those characters on the cover are in the story, but what is being depicted on the cover never transpires in the story. But our story does open in uh, Kenichi's home where Usagi is recovering uh, from winning a fight but being on the losing side of a fight both at the same time. And he is here with Kenichi's uh, maid, head maid, a female servant. Uh, she's, it's kind of hard to put in words I for me because she's very, very highly regarded. And she's more really than just a, a servant. But a lot of her tasks are in support of Kenichi and Mariko. Kenichi's the head man of the village. So she is the the chambermaid see I'm not sure what the best most appropriate word for it, but she is the um, the number one female helper of his family I'll, I'll put it that way and Usagi she's been tending to his wounds but they have been erupted by a local samurai uh, his name is Kato and Kato is trying to um, enlist Usagi in a way of avenging the death of Lord Mifune as it applies to Lord Hikiji. 
So he's he's giving him his uh, his spiel here. Um, turns out that what he wants to do is ruin Hikiji politically, but not not assassinate him. It can't be done. Usagi says he's he's tried. Um, I attempted it, but he's too well guarded. He employs Kagamusha. Um, and we have the word Mon appear on the first page that's dropped for us as far as a, a Japanese word. Usagi being very uh, standing out quite a bit because he still wears Lord Mifune's Mon, whereas any other of Lord Mifune's men, uh, rather than being killed, have accepted wearing someone else's Mon. They have pledged under other lords. So... Kato is, is giving him the lowdown on his, uh, his plan here. He says because Hikiji aspires to be Shogun, uh, that we will ruin him politically by killing in his territory, actually in this very village, the soon-to-be-there emissary of the current Shogun, who's touring all the lands and his, uh, is scheduled to visit the village here very shortly. Because if they assassinate him in Hikiji's territory, the message basically will be, well, you you can't even do this thing, uh, protecting the Shogun's emissary. How can any of us that are in power uh, and would follow you as Shogun trust you when you cannot even do this smaller task, uh, trust you to do this larger task, and that is, is to be Shogun? So... At this time, in this place, not only would they not support him, but they would, in essence, turn their backs on him. So they would um, maybe not not kill him, per se, but they would, they would um, I guess, anti-support him. You know, they would not just not support him, but they would refuse to support him. I'm, I'm not stating this very well, but it's, it's kind of a, you know, not doing something is one thing. But telling people to not and, and making that it doesn't happen and things like that are even worse than just not supporting. Kind of like it's, it's one thing here, here in the U.S., I guess this would kind of be a, a good analogy. It's one thing to not vote for a particular candidate for a particular office. But it's, it's another thing to just out and out vote for another candidate for that office. Right. I mean, it it looks the same, but it also is is more of the anti feeling to to do that. So that that's kind of and, and I apologize that I sound like I'm rambling. I'm trying to put this in ways. I, it it's straight in my head, and I'm just trying to put it straight in your head using words. And I don't I don't think my head is going to your head via words very well, but. We'll, we'll leave it at that. I've stumbled enough here. Moving on. So um, Usagi says yes, that he'll help. Um, and the Kato is very happy about that because Usagi lets him know that he was uh, born and raised in the village. So he knows the village and the surrounding area very well. Usagi asks, uh, you know, well, what kind of support do you have? And, the, and Kato tells him, well, with you, we have 88 men ready to spring this uh, attack and kill the Shogun's emissary. 
and Cato kind of, you know, thinks back a moment. He says, however, I've, I've heard a lot of tales about you, but, you know, obviously you're not all that because you're recovering here from having been attacked. And Usagi says, yes, I, I'm not what I once was. Um, I killed ten men, but in the battle, one of them hit me in the head with a rock and knocked me unconscious. And Kato's really surprised. He said, I'd heard of ten dead warriors found on the riverbank four days ago. That was your handiwork? And Usagi is not necessarily proud, so he's kind of looking down, and he, you know, he's got his eyes closed and kind of a grimace, and he says, yes. Um, so, you know, that, that lets us know that there is still that element of honor, you know, that uh, uh, Usagi has, and he always has, well, that is called into question here in a couple pages in my mind. Uh, but, you know, he, he doesn't take a life unless he has to. He's not the mercenary type. Uh, so they continue their discussion, and um, Usagi again says, you know, that he'll throw in. Kato is excited and in the midst of this conversation, the maidservant, Yayoi, Yayoi, Y-A-Y-O-I, I apologize for my horrid Japanese pronunciation as I am desperately, um, critically Caucasian, and so my experience is very limited, and what experience I do have may be wrong on top of that, so I, I do apologize. I, uh, I certainly mean no disrespect in mispronouncing these words. I don't take it lightly. Um, I unfortunately do the best I can and, and just hope that it's enough as far as pronouncing these words. But here, um, Usagi, I don't, I don't like. I, w I was very, I'll say that this depiction of Usagi here made me uncomfortable. I'll, I'll put it that way. As she questions Usagi and what he's doing because ultimately what will happen now is not only will Hikiji be uh, embarrassed, but this village will be held accountable by the sitting shogun because of the death of the emissary by whomever in this village. So obviously the village will not have done enough to protect the emissary. So the shogun will make an example of the village by probably wiping out the village, like completely killing everyone, burning it down. You know, it, it's, it's going to be a boil on the uh, behind of Japan for a little while because the emissary was killed there. So uh, she uh, realizes this and is like, well, you know, wow, uh, you can't do this because of that. And Usagi yells out very viciously, uh, and, and, and he has a very uh, stern, evil look on his face, and he yells, quiet, old woman, and he backhands her such that it knocks her down. But she keeps up. Usagi, I, I took care of you, cleaned up after you, loved you. And he says, quiet, or I'll slap you again, as he's standing there with, with both fists. And in the next panel is her in fear, uh, and we see the word whimper. So she she is she is scared. She is, is I, 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 I didn't like these, these panels. And uh, I suppose, you know, I wasn't meant to. Uh, so, Mr. Sakai, it, it worked. I was uncomfortable. I didn't like this aspect of Usagi, particularly towards this woman. I mean, this is a a woman who should, in his honor system, rank very highly because she was a nursemaid to him when he was little, uh, and she took care of it. it. It's just it's a bad 
thing that Usagi just did. Well, Kato is, you know, wow, uh, you, you, you really must be serious because of what you just did, the seriousness of what you did. And we have a, a short conversation here between the two uh, concerning one of the tenants of Bushido or Bushido. Usagi recites, a samurai cannot live under the same sky as the killer of his lord. As to why he is so uh, vehemently uh, for the killing of Lord Hikiji, such that he would give up his village, he would treat this woman who is his nursemaid this way, he would on and on and on, as we see in the next several pages, his explanation, and it is that quote from, uh, from the, the Code of Bushido. Uh, if we cannot kill Hikiji physically, we will kill what he desires most, Usagi said. Now, this whole time, since way several pages back, Usagi has very stern, very mean, very evil, very negatively uh, emoting faces. You know, not the uh, neutral or even childlike, innocent kind of face that he normally has, particularly as a rabbit, right? Uh, so all of these things, all of these lines he is saying, all of the time he is considering what is being said by Kato, very stern, mean look on his face. So they finish the conversation, and Usagi says, Good, lock this foolish woman up with those two, being the head man of the village, who is Kenichi, and his wife, who is Mariko. Uh, Kato says, uh, You heard Usagi, and uh, another samurai comes in and grabs her up, and as she's leaving as she's being drug out she says one more time she pleads usagi i cared for you loved you and he says quiet i said and he raises his hand again as if to slap her and kato uh sneering kind of looks at usagi and says i'm impressed with your attitude usagi as um yayaoi yayaoi i'm sorry as she is being led out uh, sobbing uh, by by these other samurai what matters most is that we avenge our Lord Mafuni. Thank you for this opportunity to remain a loyal samurai, Usagi says. I knew you would see it our way, Usagi. Give me time to get dressed and I'll inspect the village with you. Good, Kato says. Um, Usagi digs out his clothes and puts them on, and now they go on a, uh, a tour of the village, and he's telling them uh, how best to fortify and prepare. Uh, and uh, post a look out on the ridge. Uh, there's a trail that leads to the high mountains that has a clear view of the road, etc., etc. Uh, no need to post guards around here. The pa this path only leads to the ravine. Uh, down there, there are impenetrable thickets, etc., etc. As he's going around. Now, show me where you're holding the headman and the wife. Kato says this way, and then off to the side. Usagi-san, and someone draws Usagi's attention, and Usagi calls him. Nakeoka, is that you? And and apparently uh, this gentleman served under Usagi when Usagi was serving with Lord Mafuni. So they know each other mm, a little bit more intimately than most perhaps because it was a uh, leader follower, uh, commander follower. So they're talking back and forth here a little bit, Kato and Usagi, as they're going to where Kenichi and Marco are being held. Uh, Usagi is telling Kato about his relationship with Kenichi. Uh, we see we go to the, the hut here where they're being held and guarded. Kato asks if everything's all right, and one of the guards says, uh, in reference to Kenichi, he's a tiger. He injured three of us trying to subdue him. Uh, he finally gave up after we threatened his wife. So these, these dudes are playing, playing hardcore. 
increase the number of guards on him just to be safe, says Cato. And again, Usagi, um, we, we see perhaps a, a break in the visage here. Uh, when the one guard is telling him he finally gave up after we threatened his wife, we see Usagi, okay? The Usagi we know. And then the next panel where Cato says, increase the number of guards on him just to be safe. We see the return of that stern, almost evil-looking visage that uh, Usagi has been carrying throughout most of the story, uh, particularly once he decided to throw in with these guys. Now, of course, there is, and, and I'll go ahead and say this, um, there, there is that aspect of, of myself, and I'm sure many other folks that read it, that hope that at some point what Usagi is doing, the way he's being has some sort of, uh, let's call it rational, and I'm throwing up the air quotes here, uh, explanation. You know, there's a reasoning behind what Usagi's doing. Now, there's several things that could happen. He hit his head. Could be some sort of personality change to that. Um, he could be playing along. Uh, he could be being genuine. Yeah, I guess those are probably, you know, the three uh, most likely scenarios. So, of course, uh, myself, as I'm reading this, I'm hoping that two of them are more likely than the third. You know, I would hate to see that now, uh, given, what, 200 issues or more of Usagi, that he has shown, you know, shown his real hand and is being this way genuinely. But, uh, well, ultimately, we'll just have to read the story to find out. You know, that's that's the whole point of, of reading fiction is to... Uh, travel the journey with the protagonist and see what happens whether it's something that we like or don't like that is that is why we do this is to travel the journey with them and of course we hope uh, ultimately things turn out the way we want them to but the creator of the mythology the creator of the media that we're reading has their own plans and we'll we'll wait and see what happens but they go into the hut here and indeed, we see Kanichi and Mariko. They're kind of huddled together. Uh, Kato enters first and then Usagi behind him, uh, saying, I heard you gave your troubles some trouble, Kanichi. And then Kanichi's uh, surprised, dismayed, angered, horrified, you know, all of these things. Usagi, how dare you show your ugly face here? And we see that the maidservant is, has been thrown in here with them. So she has told them all about Usagi's treatment of her, the conversation that she was privy to, everything like that. So uh, there are several scenes here where Mariko, in, in particular, is taken aback and scolds Usagi very emotionally, very painfully scolds him. Usagi's visage does not change. Quiet, Mariko, or I'll slap you as well. And Mariko is taken such that she covers her face and cries. Kenichi is not digging this at all first of all the treatment of his wife second of all because it's usagi and he kind of has this burr about usagi anyways uh because of the their places in life what they have done and and been able to do and what they have not been able to do the fact that he knows kenichi that usagi has feelings for mariko and I'm sure that he fears that Mariko still has feelings for Usagi. And so there's, you know, there's this, this triangle uh, that's been going on for quite a while. And all of that is, is fueling Kenichi's uh, contempt 
of Usagi right now. Um, Usagi even sees him and says, are you going to try something, old friend, as he thumbs up the katana, uh, ready to draw it. And Kenichi, one panel is ready, and then the next panel he says no, as he acknowledges that, you know, in this particular scenario, Usagi far and away has the upper hand. <laughs> I thought not, says Usagi, as he snaps the katana back down into the scabbard. So Kato and Usagi uh, talk a little bit more here in front of Kenichi and Mariko, further solidifying the turn that Usagi has taken. Um, my air exchanger just kicked on here in the backyard. If you guys can hear that and it's distracting, I apologize. I'm on my back porch uh, one morning taping this. Uh, tomorrow's going to be a big day. I'm going to go get some rest, Usagi says as he leaves, and Kato uh, responds, good, we want you at peak form tomorrow. And then the final panel of this page, we see Usagi walking away. Next page, the moon is up. Uh, most of the moon. It's not a full moon, but enough to see by, of course. That's, that's what we're being told here as a rabbit is sneaking around through the village, and then we see it's Usagi. He's sneaking up on the hut here where Mariko and Kenichi and Yayoi are being held. Uh, five samurai out front guarding. Hoi, it's me, Usagi says as he walks out from between a couple buildings. Oh, Usagi-san, what do you want? I need to speak to the prisoners. Oh, okay, sure. And Usagi flips up his sword in one panel, his katana, and then in the next is striking down all five samurai. Good. They did not make a sound, he says, as he sheathes his sword. They were not scheduled to be relieved for another two hours, so we had best make use of that time, he thinks to himself. So he's planning something here. Uh, he knew that it was right after a check-in, and he's got time before the next check-in. And so he knocks on the door, says, it's me. He walks in, and uh, Kenichi is using his hands to hold back the women so that they are behind him. He says, what do you want, miscreant? And immediately, Usagi falls to the ground on his knees and bows his nose almost to the dirt. I apologize. Please forgive me. And the next panel, I mostly need your forgiveness, Yayoi-san, for striking you. And she asks, well, why did you do that? He says, they have too many for me to fight alone. I had to, I had to go among, I had to go along, excuse me, with them. Have them trust me completely. And then she says, well, then of course I forgive you, Usagi-san. And he bows again and says, thank you. Maroko here says, I knew you would not have betrayed us. So, good. Uh, at this point in the story, I was very much relieved because, as I said, I was very taken aback that he had struck her. I was, I was so sorely disappointed that at any point in anything that he was doing, he felt that that was how he had to act. So... I guess, in retrospect, I should take away that the severity of the situation is what um, prompted him to act in that manner. I, I still don't like it. I, I still don't know that that is where he had to go. Um, personally, in that situation, I don't know that that's where I could have gone, but be that as it may. So Usagi and Kenichi here are making plans. They go out and they drag the samurai out of in, in front, out of the, the, the yard, uh, into the hut, so at least they're, you know, semi-hidden. Kenichi arms up. Usagi and Kenichi make plans here. What they're doing is they're going to send the women 
um, to get help. But then Kenichi says, no, help is too far away. You would never be able to do it in time. So Usagi says, okay, don't go for help. You two, the women, go warn the emissary. Kenichi and I will do everything we can to whatever. Hold them off to protect the village, to whatever we can do to keep this from happening, to give you time to warn the emissary. So they all split up. Um, they try to, uh, Usagi tells the women to take katanas, and Maruko says, no, we'll take wakizashis. The katanas are too long. Usagi notes, you handle that well, and, and I, I really I really like this panel. Marco tells him, I'm the daughter of a samurai and the wife of a samurai. I know how to use a blade. So the, you know, the, the, we're, we're walking that line, so to speak, of the, uh, the female as she is portrayed as being um, emotionally impacted or, and I throw up quotes, frail. But yet, the sternness of bearing that the other side of that line is that Mariko has seen it and could probably kill if she needed to. Uh, fortunately, she's just been in a position most of her life where she hasn't needed to. But she knows how to do what needs to be done. She hasn't had to, but she knows. So Usagi steps out, looks around, says, it's clear, let's go. And on the way out the door, Mariko tells him, I'm sorry, Usagi, I should not have doubted you. I should have had more faith. And again, he's looking at her with this really mean, evil, stern kind of face. I don't, I don't know why that was the particular visage that was chosen by Mr. Sakai, but it, but it was. So uh, we part ways. The two men, uh, Usagi and Kenichi, head off in one direction. The two women, uh, Mariko and Yayaoi, head off in the other direction. So they go down the path that Usagi was said was covered in brambles uh, when he was taking Kato around the village, but it's not. So then he was planning to leave this outlet for someone to be able to use to get out of the village. So the women take him. They get out here to a spot in the forest, and uh, Mariko changes plans. And she says, I th I'll tell you what, you continue to go on, Yahweh, to warn the emissary. I will go and get help because I know that Usagi and Kenichi cannot do this by themselves. And the maidservant says, but your husband said help is too far away. And as they, as she is standing there, Mariko is, is running, you know, to, to do her task. And she says, let's pray that he was wrong. And that's where our story ends. So very um, emotionally tinged, if not just full out emotional story here, particularly for me. Um, I said at some point, maybe the last episode when I was recording, one of the reasons that I am drawn to Usagi is because it is, in, in most times, it is a quieter book. It is a more introspective, more um, understand your part of a bigger thing. Understand the world that you're a part of. Enjoy the world you're a part of. The big, edgy, excitement, uh, fighting high fantasy, magic-y, all that kind of stuff, I get in other places. Um, you know, I, I grew up reading high fantasy like uh, Lord of the Rings. I grew up reading Marvel superhero comic books. So those things fill that action-adventure-y energy kind of 
part of me that I need from my, my fiction consumption. Usagi is the quieter, more introspective, the dragonflies and the, and the walking, the, the endless journey and, um, you know, seaweed growing and, and tea ceremony and kites and, you know, all those kind of things. That, that I can't really get anywhere else. And, and those are the things that has drawn me to Usagi. So I see these more action-adventure-y kind of things that, you know, people want from fiction. Personally, I just am not after that by reading Usagi. I read it, and it, it doesn't send me away. Um, for instance, Grass Cutter, Grass Cutter 2. Uh, those were, you know, highly regarded, awarded, rewarded. Um, and every, But, you know, as I'm reading them, I'm like, uh, it's, okay, it's okay. I can see why people like it. But personally, I have, I've, I've gotten my belly full of this already. I want something else from Usagi. So I read it for those quieter moments. This kind of story with the, with this mean with Usagi acting mean and and uh, it just it I'm I'm taken aback by it uh, because it's not why I read Usagi now I you know it it's never long lasting and it's never you know all that there is for Usagi and I'm very grateful for that thank you uh, Mr Sakai for that for your for your world and your creation that is is quieter uh, and more serene than a lot of other things that that I uh, pick up to read. So, um, that the, the the story is is cool, uh, and I like where it's going. Ultimately, some of the steps to get there for me are kind of muddy. You know, you're walking through yuck to get somewhere that you want to go, and and you just have to walk through that yuck to get there. After you do, you you clean it off, and you know you get going with the rest of your journey. So, um, in this story, we had several words. We had mon. Uh, which is the family crest. That's the circle with the three. It looks like, actually, it looks like, I believe, a rabbit's footprint. If you ever see one in mud or snow, that's kind of what the mon is reminiscent of, the Mifuni mon. Now, I will say the mon, and everybody that's read this book, I'm sure, has seen this. The mon for Kato and Kenichi and the others, because it's the Hikiji mon, is just a filled-in circle. Uh, Kagamusha, body doubles. And I, somewhere in my memories, I want to say that these body doubles maybe are more fake puppets and something like that in, in this era in Japanese, not the living, breathing people like we would see using body doubles in 21st century kind of stuff. I, somewhere in my mind, I remember that, but this may be actually living, breathing body doubles. And then uh, Shogun, which is the military dictator of Japan. To understand that, you'd have to really look into the history of Japan at this time, the differences between the emperor and the shogun. But the, the person really calling the shots at this time is the shogun. So that's who Hikiji aspires to be because he'd be the, the big man, the head man in charge. Um, this is a little bit longer show than I've done in a while, so I, I hope that's been okay for everybody. I know I've gotten off on some tangents and maybe dug down a little bit deeper than I usually do. Uh, Maybe it's sitting out here in my back porch in my backyard that's brought it out in me. I don't know. Next time out, looks like I have scheduled to talk about the Volume 3, Issue 46, Usagi Ajimbo book from Dark Horse Comics. I am sorry at the moment I didn't put what the release date on that was. So let's see if I can look it up here quickly. 
And the answer is no. I don't have that quick answer. So uh, there, it's a gatefold cover with uh, kites and kite flying on it. Here it looks like. So that is this what this particular issue probably a kite festival looks like. That's what I have scheduled for next time. Uh, thanks for bearing along this nearly 35-minute episode this time, guys. I will talk to you next time out. Ciao.